It is Pentecost Sunday, and for those of you that might be new to church, uh, that was the day that God poured out the Holy Spirit into his church, into his people. And so it's a really big deal for the body of Christ, amen? I love talking about the Holy Spirit. And so today, I've got so much to share with you in just this much time. But at the same time, I want us at the end of this conversation about the Holy Spirit to have some significant time up here at the altars where God's Holy Spirit can just be poured and poured and poured into you. Wash away every care, wash away every bondage, break every uh, chain that would hold you back, amen? God's Spirit come upon you to be a mighty, victorious Christian. So I want to give you the scriptures, and I'm not going to go like extremely fast to where you can't enjoy it, but I have a lot to share with you. So I need you to listen fast, I need you to write fast, because we take notes here, amen? And there's a lot of scriptures that you'll want to go back to and you'll want to read over the next couple of days. So we have Bibles for you. If you need Bibles, they're over here on these black tables in the middle, on the sides. We have notebooks for you. But why don't you go ahead, get your notebooks, get your Bibles together, and let's jump into this conversation about the Holy Spirit. We are in a series about faith, the anatomy of faith. We've talked about faith speaks, faith walks. Today I want to talk to you about the heart of faith the heart of faith. Open your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. I've got my game face on today, so we're, we got a lot, to, a lot to say, a lot to do today. You guys okay with that if I just kind of go? Is that all right? Hebrews chapter 11, talking about the heart of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And real quick, I want to say this as well. You might be new to church, um, and I'm going to use a lot of Bible. I don't want that to intimidate you or to say, what's going on? He's flipping all over this book. What I hope you get out of that is this, that the Bible is filled with wealth and treasure from God, precious wisdom, life-changing information. It's not like any other book you'll ever read. You can spend your lifetime in it and it will continue to blow you away. It'll continue to make a difference in your life. So in a lot of ways, even though I might be going a little faster than you're used to, let that inspire you that when you give your life to the Lord and you jump into the Word of God, it's a lifelong journey and there's so much more to learn and to grow. Amen? Sometimes churches use less trying to make sure, you know, everybody kind of gets something out of it. God hasn't given me that in particular talent. I use more, and I believe by feeding you more, it increases your appetite. Amen? That's just who I am. So I just believe that if you're new to the church and you're new to these types of things, that you have the capacity to understand and that it would inspire you to pursue God's word on a deeper level. Hebrews chapter 1, the heart of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we cannot see. Faith is the substance. The New Living Translation says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. There's this ability to see what we hope for. Faith becomes the substance that God uses to bring those things that we hope for into our lives. So when I talk about the heart of faith today, I really believe that the heart of faith is hope. I really believe there's some conversation we're gonna to have today in the area of hope. God wants to increase and elevate your hope today because that's where the believing comes from, an expectation, a hopefulness. There's kind of a, 
a difference between hopeless and hopeful, amen? Hopeless, having no expectation of good or success, despairing, a feeling of helplessness and alone, no remedy or cure, incapable of being redeemed or improved. Have you ever felt like that before? No expectation of good, no expectation of success, despair. And I even believe over the United States in some areas there's been this despair that has sunk very deep into people's heart, a feeling of helplessness or they're alone. There's no remedy, no cure, incapable of being redeemed or improved, hopeless. But we just read in Hebrews that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So isn't it the trick of the devil to get you to a place where you're hopeless? Your heart has been ripped out of your chest, the, the heart of faith. How can you believe for greater when you don't believe there's greater? How can you believe for more when you're hopeless and you believe there's no cure for this situation, there's no redemption for it, there's no hope? The balance is hopeful or being full of what? Hope feeling or inspiring of optimism about the future, full of hope. So you say, Pastor Kevin, how does this relate to the day of Pentecost? How does this relate to this conversation about the Holy Spirit? I believe that the coming of the Holy Spirit into our life elevates and increases our hope to levels because your hope and your faith and the abilities that God is putting into your life and the talents and the giftings that God's putting in your life is linked to God himself. Think about that. The entrance of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit into the earth, into the human being's life, into the church, increases capacity, increases what we can believe for, increases our ability, amen, to his levels. It's his spirit, amen. The coming of the Holy Spirit into our lives brings hope, real, I this is very clearly spoken into my spirit, and I say it very clearly, write this down, real, tangible hope, ability to bring great change. Real, tangible hope and ability to bring great change. The entrance of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26, the Amplified Bible says it like this, speaking of the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls him the helper, but the helper, the Amplified kind of increases that word helper, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit. What a name, huh? See, we're talking about Pentecost, we're talking about the filling of the church with the Holy Spirit, but let's remember who we've been filled with. He is a helper, which means he's here to help in time of need. He's not much of a helper if every time you need him, he's not there. Amen? When you fail and when you sin, you know what? He's your helper, your advocate, your comforter, your standby. He's standing by your side helping you get that walk right. He doesn't leave out the door because you had a bad day, because you, you sinned and you messed up. He wouldn't be much of a helper as if you tripped and he walked away from you. 
But yet so many times we think God's taking his Holy Spirit away from us because we had a bad day. No, my friend, that's when you lean into the Holy Spirit because you say, Holy Spirit, I need some help. I need some help to overcome this addiction, help to overcome this pattern, and he is right there, amen. But I don't wanna just talk about getting over sin. He's a strengthener to help you become stronger than whatever it is you're facing, whatever storm, you know, my friend, you are stronger than the storm because the strength of God, how many know God is stronger than the storm? And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, not a spirit from God. He is the Spirit of God. He's not like an angel. He's not like just some heavenly spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He is God's very own spirit. And so the strength of God fills your life. The strength of God fills your, your being. You are the temple of the Spirit of God. He is your strengthener. He is your standby. This is where our hope comes from. This is why hope arises. Amen. The helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the standby, the strengthener, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will help you remember everything I have told you. Let's jump over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Mm, mm, mm. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Are we there? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost. Now I just want to say something real quick about the day of Pentecost. What does that mean? This was a holiday that the Jews had celebrated for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost was God fulfilling something that he was illustrating through that Pentecost celebration. But for us, the church, the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection, becomes the day that we celebrate the, the Holy Spirit being poured out into the church. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So here on the day of Pentecost, we have in the upper room, the Bible says all the believers were gathered. Really, there was like 120. But all those believers that were there, and these were people that Jesus, when he ascended, he said, go wait in Jerusalem until you are infused with power. And so out of that 400, 120 remained, and they waited. And they prayed, and they sought God. And on that day of Pentecost, the Bible says, there was this sound like a mighty rushing wind. Doesn't it say there was a rushing wind, says there was a sound like one. And it was so loud, the city heard it, and people came running to see what in the world was that. And then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon everyone that was present. I want to speak that over you. Every single individual, it wasn't just a corporate baptism, it was upon the church, but you individually and you corporately are the church. And so the Holy Spirit is poured out not just upon the corporate church, but you, the individual. You, the individual. 
You, the single mom, you, the dad that's out there trying to make ends meet, you, the college student that's out there trying to take on the culture of this world and believe God and the rest of the world doesn't want you to believe God, but the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon you and there is a flame of fire upon you. Not just upon the apostles, not just upon some of the big names in the New Testament, but everyone that was present, the Holy Spirit has a fire for each one of you to burn away any opposition that might stand before you. Amen. I love the Amplified in verse 4 talking about that filling. And they were all filled. And I love this. Listen, listen, listen. They were all filled that is diffused throughout their being. Is that not a great image? Every part of you diffused, like diffuser, like in this service we have this kind of smoky stuff that we use so you can see the lights. I know you might think that's the Shekinah glory. We actually buy it. (laughs) But it's this diffusing smoke that fills every corner and every part. That's the Holy Spirit in your life diffused throughout your being. That means the Holy Spirit's going into your childhood and going into your emotions and going into your abilities, going into your questions, going into your fears, going into every place to bring his what? Strength, comfort, help, power. Isn't that awesome? He's just infusing his way and filling throughout your being with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues, which are different languages, as the Spirit was giving them this ability to speak. Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus was trying to let the disciples know what was gonna happen to them. You can write it in your notes, and you should look at it at some point. Acts chapter one, verse eight. He was was telling them that when the Holy Spirit was gonna be poured out on them in Acts two, that's where we were, but the chapter before, just before Jesus ascended, he wanted them to be aware that something was going to happen to them and in them when the Holy Spirit came. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. The word power there in the Greek is the word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite, which I love this because my friend, with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you don't just have enough power to get through the day or barely make it to heaven. Dunamis, dynamite, you have enough power to blow the enemy away. To blow away every chain, every prison door, everything, amen? You are not just enough. There is more than enough on the inside of you. I speak that over you, I declare that over you today, my friend. There is more on the inside of you than you realize. The day of Pentecost brings hope because the power of God himself has flooded, infused himself into every part of your life. You are not alone. Jesus prophesied, you will, I will not leave you like orphans. He was not going to just go to heaven and leave us here as abandoned children. He, in the person of the Holy Spirit, which is himself, by the way, God did not trust you with an angel. He trusted you with himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not just angels. People think they want all this angelic help. My friend, the angels are great, but I have the Holy Spirit of God. I have the Spirit of God himself. You're not just barely getting by. It's not, Lord, keep me saved every day. I just want to make it through the day so I can just get into heaven, my friend. There is a bigger calling on your life than just going to heaven. 
There's a bigger calling on your life than just staying saved every day. The devil would love for you to get stuck just trying to stay saved. You are so much bigger than that. You are the salt. You are the light. You are the city on the hill. You are the body of Christ in the earth. He wants you to be so caught up in just making it through because he knows you got more than enough power to take over. Amen. Acts chapter 2. Let's go down just a little bit further talking about these abilities. They were filled with the Spirit. And they were given power. Write this in your notes. They were filled with power and ability. The reason I say that clearly is because sometimes we only talk about the helper and the help that he brings being the comforter. He didn't just come to bring you the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. He didn't just come to be a comforter. He also came to give you strength, might. There's a word mighty in there, amen, might, ability. You will be filled with power, ability. You might even say abilities, plural. plural. Because you're filled, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you are filled with more than just one ability. You are filled with whatever abilities the Holy Spirit may need to manifest through your life to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. Which brings hope. He doesn't just bring comfort. He brings abilities. Holy Spirit empowered size abilities. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. So Peter stands up basically after this big ruckus, you know, in the city. People are running saying, I hear these people speaking in these languages that they did not learn. I heard the sound like a mighty rushing wind. People rush out to find out what's going on. Peter stands up and he preaches. And he begins to talk about this outpouring, this outpouring. He says, verse 17, in the last days, he was saying this was prophesied. What you're seeing right now is prophesied. Sorry, I was thinking about something that made me laugh. Sorry. I love it because people thought they were drunk, right? Which, by the way, the world has always tried to mock the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit to make you feel silly or stupid or ignorant or small, tried to make fun of it because the devil knows how powerful it is. So from day one, he tried to embarrass people that were speaking in other languages. Call them drunks, call them out of their heads, call them crazy. Because the devil knows that our human nature doesn't want to get made fun of. Our human nature wants to fit in. Our human nature wants to draw back. And we want to appease the crowd. My friend, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're there to save the crowd, to change the crowd, not appease the crowd. Amen. But Peter's answer, it was so funny. He goes, these men are not drunk as you suppose because it's only like, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. Which I think is a funny answer. He said, come back at 4.30, it could be a different story, but you know, it's just, it's just 9 o'clock in the morning. Peter stands up and he says, what you're seeing right now is predicted by the prophet Joel, verse 17. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy, which means they will speak under the influence of God. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Visions are things that God will show you, that catch you unaware, and all of a sudden you're seeing things 
seeing things from God's perspective, seeing things that will take place, seeing solutions and strategies and answers that you couldn't have conjured up in yourself. God will teach you and show you things, amen. Things in the earth, things in your family, things in your college, things in your friend's life. Not just to impress you, but to bring change. You, spirit-filled nations, spirit-filled people, are filled with abilities that we need to start tapping into. Amen. You will speak under the influence of God, not just your own influence. You will see things from God. Amen. And your old men will dream dreams. I love that because it's like God's awakening the dreamers. And age has no bearing on that. God doesn't look at you and say, oh, he's 90 or she's 85, 90 years old. Why would I give them a dream? Because the anointing upon your life is ever fresh. The power on your life is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Just because your body may be old doesn't mean the Holy Ghost in you is old. Doesn't mean the power in you is expired. It's not like milk in the fridge. Amen. And God knows what he can do in one decade that would blow away everything you didn't do in the last nine decades. You understand what I'm saying? God knows what he's doing. And I think what he's saying is as spirit-filled people, never stop dreaming, never stop being available, never stop letting me speak to you and use you. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on your maidservants, your men servants, the women and men alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth below. Listen, the spirit of God moving upon us and moving in this generation, signs and wonders are our portion. Amen. Blood and fire and clouds and smoke, the sun will become dark, the moon will turn red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives, talking about the coming of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to hear that language. I will pour out. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I want you to see that as if God is pouring himself. Remember, it's my spirit. It's like the spirit of Kevin. He's saying, I'm going to pour out of. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon and into Son, your sons, your daughters, men and women, praise God. God doesn't just pour out his spirit upon the men. He pours out his spirit upon the women as well. Amen. Amen. And when a woman of God speaks under the influence of the Holy Spirit, she looks and sounds like Jesus. When she casts out a devil, the devil doesn't look at that woman and say, well, I'm not going because it's a woman, because to the devil, it lo she looks and sounds like Jesus. Amen. But listen to what he's saying. He says, I'm going to pour out, pour out, pour out of himself. That's awesome. That's where hope comes from in the day of Pentecost. God pours out himself into you, the vessel. He pours out of himself into you, the vessel, and the vessel receives, and the vessel receives, and the vessel receives. The vessel is not responsible the vessel does not create the pouring. The vessel's job is to receive. Are you understanding this? Receive, receive, receive. There is a little illustration that I just felt the Lord wanted me to share. It was like this, this little balloon. And God just wanting to breathe his spirit. The word spirit is the word breath, by the way. You know that. There's like this, this, this symbolism of breath. God breathing his spirit. God pouring out his spirit. 
upon you, into you, infusing you with himself, his ability, his wisdom, his knowledge, his power. And God, this is you, this is the vessel, and God pours himself into you. Amen? This is God, this is you. But watch this, watch this. The vessel cannot create the pouring, but the vessel is responsible to receive. But watch this. As you allow God to pour and pour and pour, what happens? What just happened? It increased. It increased. It got larger. The more you let God pour into you, the more you say, yes, more, Lord, yes, more, Lord, I'm open to more. I yield more. Pour more. Amen. The more you increase, the more you increase, the more hope comes. Why? Because more abilities come to pass. More strength comes to pass. More surrender and, and more of God flowing into and through you. More understanding, more revelation. Hope rises. Why? Because you're outgrowing those problems. You're outgrowing those bondages. Your capacities, your abilities in the Spirit are growing. Your ability to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Your ability to walk in the power of the Spirit. Your ability to hear the voice of the Spirit over the voice of the devil, over human voices. You're increasing. You're outgrowing sin. You're outgrowing death. You're outgrowing failure. Isn't that awesome? But it's by receiving the Spirit. It's by opening and taking time, saying, just God. Amen. much bigger. Look how much stronger. Amen. On its own, it's just this weak little thing. But look at it now. Look at you now, spirit-filled church. Look at you now, spirit-filled man. Look at it. It's filled now. It's filled now. It wasn't filled. Now it's filled. It's way stronger. It's way bigger. It's way more mighty. Because it's filled. Because it's filled. Because it's filled. Amen. I'll wake you up. John chapter 16. Go to John chapter 16. Are you getting anything out of this so far? Awesome. I want you to see something. John chapter 16, verse 12. John chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus was talking to the disciples before the coming of the Holy Spirit into the earth. This is before Jesus died, before he was resurrected. Verse 12, he says, there's so much more that I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. You cannot bear it. You can't handle it. You can't handle the truth in it. You can't handle it. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you now. There's so much more, but you can't handle it in your current condition. When the spirit of truth comes, he will then guide you into truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard from me, and he will tell you about the future. And he will bring glory to me by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will then 
tell you whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit, when the spirit of truth comes, what I want you to see is this. Jesus said before the spirit came, he said, you can't handle this. But after the spirit comes, everything the Father has, the Holy Spirit will take and he will distribute it to you. Everything the Father wants you to know, he'll come and teach it to you. Your capacity to learn everything God wants you to learn, your capacity to understand, your capacity to inherit everything, it all changes when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Before the coming of the Holy Spirit, you can't handle it. But after the coming of the Holy Spirit, your ability to grow becomes the size of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Your capacity changes as the Holy Spirit comes into your life. I want you to see this. Your abilities increase. It's not just comfort. It's not, he's not just comfort. He's not just peace. You change. You grow. You are different and your abilities increase. Your ability to know things. Your ability to do things. Your ability to overcome things, all changes. Remember what I said in the beginning, real, tangible change. Real, tangible change. Sometimes we get all excited, oh, the Holy Spirit's in the room. Don't we all, we just love the Holy Spirit. We, just, we forget that by being filled with the Holy Spirit, you change, you increase. You're not the same person. You're not just a mere human being. You're a human being endued with power from on high, with capabilities that are linked into the Spirit of God Himself. Amen. Now forgive me, but I'm gonna have to do this. Because I don't want to hold it the rest of the sermon. <laughs> you change, your capacity increases. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This, I love this. This will blow you away. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. See, by his spirit, capital S. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Remember, Jesus said there were things that you couldn't handle. Now, the Apostle Paul to the church of Corinth, which the church is you, the church is me, the church is people. The Apostle Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit now searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Why? Because now you can handle it. You have a helper to help guide you into those secrets. You have a standby, an advocate, a comforter, a teacher, a guide into these things. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit, like this. No one can know Kevin's thoughts except Kevin Kringle's spirit, okay? And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. That's what I was trying to tell you a little while ago. You have received the spirit of God, God's own spirit. Like Kevin Kringle has a spirit, the Holy Spirit is God's own spirit. Not separate from. No one can know, the thoughts uh, no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit. Do you see this? This is why you have access to the mind of God. This is why you have access to the mysteries of God. Because God's own spirit knows what's in God's mind, and God's spirit dwells in you. Amen. We have, past tense, we have. 
We have, you have, you have received God's spirit, not a spirit of this world, so we can know, so we can know, so we can know. Knowledge is power. Knowledge brings peace. Knowledge brings hope. What's God doing? What will he do? What would he have me do? What's your thoughts? If I know God is for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. So now I can know. In the middle of any situation, in the middle of any trouble, I, the spirit is in me, so I can know. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given. Isn't that awesome? Is anyone else excited about that? Do you understand that ability has, has we've increased that God's spirit is within us so that we can know things, so that we can know what to do, so that we can know what to think in this moment, so that we can know how to respond in this moment. So you can know. Access to God's thoughts creates hope for the future regardless of current situations. Access to God's thoughts. You have access to God's thoughts. Not just God's thoughts about you, but even about your situation or what to do in that situation. His strategies, his design, his plan for victory. Amen. We have access. I love that the Holy Spirit and his abilities give me, again, tangible, physical ways to see change not just emotional things, not just emotional comfort, but tangible, physical ways to see change. I won't go there in the scripture for the sake of time, but write this down, look it up over the next couple of days. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. This talks about the gifts that operate through the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of faith, discerning of spirits, Healings, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, all these different things. There's three categories. I break these things into three categories. You can look them up later and kind of put them into three categories. There's three gifts to know something, three gifts to say something, three gifts to do something. Three gifts to know something, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, like that kind of thing, discerning spirits. Three gifts to say something, Prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Three gifts to do something. Faith, working of miracles, healing. Here's what I want you to see about that whole exchange. Now, obviously, there's ways these operate within the church, and this is all important, but my friends, listen. These are real abilities. This isn't just peace. This isn't just joy. This isn't just comfort. A word of wisdom. What to do in this situation. What are God's thoughts in this situation? Word of knowledge. To know something you had no way of knowing, but God revealed it to you. Someone's about to come into your place of employment, and they're trying to offer you a deal, broker a deal with you, and in the natural, it looks amazing. In the natural, it looks like everything is right. But in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you begins to expose some things, begins to show you some things. You have a word of knowledge on that. And all of a sudden, in the natural, it seems crazy. Why would you say no to such a tremendous offer? But the Spirit knows. And you're not just a businessman or woman, you're a spirit-filled businessman or woman. You have abilities beyond your education to do business in the earth. But do we tap into these things? We're like, oh, he's for comfort, he's for peace, he's for joy, he's also for saving you a lot of money. 
and not getting tricked or deceived by someone who's trying to rip the kingdom of God off. Are you hearing me now? Discerning of spirits. People come in, oh, I love you. I think you're amazing. You're so wonderful. And something in here is like, mm, 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 mm. You can say all you want to say, but in here I know who you are. You will not deceive me. You will not touch my children. You hear what I'm saying? Because you have abilities. Not just comfort. Not just joy and peace. But he's made you able. He's made you able. Can you see that? Able to know things. Able to speak things. To decree and to declare things. Able to do things. Jude. In your Bibles, Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude. So I'll just give you the verse 20. But you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. The Bible's telling me here that I have the ability to grow. I have the ability to make progress and rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. I don't have a whole lot of time today to talk to you about what we would call praying in tongues. It's actually praying in a language you didn't learn. It's that easy. Don't get creeped out by the word tongues. People have made that such a mockery. Let me say this. It is not odd that the God who created the tongue and created all language couldn't give one freely like that. We actually saw it in the Old Testament at the Tower of Babel. God did it in the Old Testament. He, he gave nations all their languages in an instant. And yet then we question in the book of Acts when they spoke in languages they didn't learn. God did it in the Old Testament. Why couldn't he do it again? It's just language. And there's reason for it. It's not to make you look weird. Tongues doesn't make you weird. Tongues make you powerful. Tongues make you able. Able to pray beyond your understanding. Able to pray beyond your limited knowledge. Able for your tongue to link up to the Spirit of God so that God's Spirit can pray with joining your spirit and pray the thoughts and plans and purposes of God and it can bypass your current level of understanding so your current level of fear or your current level of lack of knowledge doesn't have to limit what God can pray through your mouth. Isn't that wonderful? Tongues don't make you weird. If you act weird, it's because you're just weird. Tongues don't make you weird. But what this is saying is you have the capacity to pray in the Holy Spirit by choice. Can you bear with me for a few more minutes? You have the capacity to choose to engage your spirit language and spirit prayer. And in doing so, you can rise higher, rise above. So whatever you're going through, whatever battle or valley of the shadow of death you're walking through, you have the ability to engage in Holy Spirit prayer and rise higher and higher like an edifice, to build yourself up, to expand bigger than. (laughs) 
bigger, over. You see what I'm saying? Rise above it. Right? Sometimes we just want the Holy Spirit to be our comforter inside the valley. Why can't we let the Holy Spirit increase our capacity and rise up above the valley? You don't have to limit him to just being peace or just being comfort. He can help you outgrow whatever attack or whatever season or whatever thing. You see what I'm saying? And I can engage that prayer time by choice. I can engage that praying in the spirit by choice. <laughs> that sounds so funny. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies and improves himself. He that speaks in a tongue edifies or improves himself. You have the capacity to engage in that activity, to engage in that ability, and to improve. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It was speaking of the Israelites, and they were in bondage by the Assyrians. They were in bondage by the Assyrians. And there's a verse that's pretty familiar, and it says that the yoke or the bondages of the Assyrians would be destroyed because of the anointing. I want you to hear about that word anointing for a minute. Inside of that word anointing, and you can look it up, inside of that word anointing is a word of fatness. Fatness. So another way to say that verse in Isaiah 10, 27, is that the bondages of the enemy, the chains of the enemy, the oppression of the enemy, that yoke would be destroyed because of the anointing or because of your fatness. Because of your fatness. What does that mean? It means that the God's spirit, God's ability, God's power on the inside of you, as it's flowing through you, is increasing your stature. So the bondages that fit you here, watch, watch. Look, I can't get my hands around it. I can't get my hands around it. Do you see that? The bondages don't fit anymore. You outgrew the old sin lifestyle. You outgrew the old addictions. The drugs don't fit anymore. The pornography doesn't fit anymore. Because you keep outgrowing it. The devil keeps trying to put the same cuffs on you, but the cuffs are destroyed because of your increase. Because of your stature, because you have grown. You've been edified, you've increased. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.